Talking Books on News Talk 106 to 108. It's not only that we have to be brilliant at what we do or work 24-7, always be available. It's increasingly that we have to embody the ethos of the corporation for which we work. And it's also not just people in uh, well-remunerated jobs that have to do this. Increasingly, even high street coffee outlets require people to actually gauge in a presentation of their bodily self fitting for the ethos their company wants to put forward. One sign of this that I find very concerning is uh, in Silicon Valley at the moment, there are more complaints about discrimination going on about age discrimination than there are about race discrimination or gender discrimination. And plastic surgeons there are doing a thriving trade among the 30s in Botox. People are that concerned about looking old that they're having Botox in their 30s. It's not just in Silicon Valley. Around corporate America and increasingly elsewhere, people are in the middle ages, early middle ages, are engaging on rigorous health, fitness, and indeed plastic surgery regimes in order to look young. And they're doing that because they are scared of losing their jobs to a younger generation. Has Ian Rankin's Rebus novels transformed Scottish crime fiction? And is Rankin the king of tartan noir? Hello, how are you? And you're very welcome to Talking Books. I'm Susan Cahill. It's lovely to have your company this evening. Well, on tonight's show, we're going to meet two extraordinary writers. One a Scotsman, the other an Englishman. Jill Plain and Declan Hughes explore the sharp edges of a classic Ian Rankin. And Chris Schilling unpacks how and why the human body had become such a project. This is a show about truth, hypocrisy, morality and globalisation. But first, the psyche of Edinburgh in Rankin style. Often he declined invitations because to accept meant that he had to dust off his brogues, iron his shirt, brush down his best suit, take a bath and splash on some cologne. He'd also to be affable, to drink and be merry, to talk to strangers with whom he had no inclination to talk with and with whom he was not being paid to talk. In other words, he resented having to play the part of a normal human animal. The entertaining words of Ian Rankin from his best-selling novel, Knots and Crosses. Ian Rankin, the creator of the Inspector Rebus series, is without doubt Scotland's best-selling crime novelist and one of the UK's most commercially successful authors. Since the publication of his first novel in 1986, Rankin has sold over 20 million books and arguably not only consistently delivers, but is getting better and better. So what's next for Ian Rankin? And what is the secret of Ian Rankin's novelistic charms? Well, tonight in Talking Books, I'm joined by two Ian Rankin enthusiasts and esteemed writers. Professor Jill Plain is head of the School of English at the University of St Andrews. Jill is the author of Literature of the 1940s, War, Post-War and Peace, Ian Rankin's Black and Blue, A Reader's Guide and 20th Century Crime Fiction, Gender, Sexuality and the Body, published by Edinburgh University Press. Declan Hughes is an award-winning novelist, playwright and screenwriter and according to the great John Connolly, the best Irish crime novelist of his generation. Declan's popular reads include All the Things You Are, The Colour of Blood, The Dying Breed and All the Dead Voices. Well, to kick things off, I asked Jill about Ian Rankin's magic and how he taps into the big moral ambiguities in life. 
yes, I think he, he certainly does uh, tap into the moral ambiguities of personal guilt and responsibility and wider social preoccupations and concerns with this. I mean, from the outset, he hasn't just been interested in exploring individual criminality. He's just as interested in institutional or systemic complicity and guilt, the way that organizations wield power and abuse power, for example. But I think, too, he's been so successful, and what is so so crucial to his success is how good he is at using the crime genre and what its structures have provided for writers. So he draws on the hard-boiled formula, for example, which, you know, since it's inception with writers like Chandler and Hammett has recognized the world as fundamentally corrupt and a corrupting environment. And he also draws on the classical, more British tradition, uh, where everything looks more respectable. But the only way that something like an Agatha Christie novel can work is if everyone is guilty in thought, if not in deed. So you've still got got a corrupt society in a different sense. Uh, And Rankin is able to play with all those strands. So you have characters who are hypocritical, complicit, shamed by actions in their past, trying to negotiate their present. He weaves things together extremely well. What about his portrayal of Edinburgh and Edinburgh life? Because Mm. we get very much two cities Mm. or two souls. How do you think he writes Edinburgh? Clearly, it's not for the tourist board. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. You live in Edinburgh and you spent a lot lot of your 